Good morning. My name is Rob Daniels, and welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number nine. What happened to the year so far? Nine uh, of 2024 and show number 1219, if you're keeping track that way. This week, we kick off Trek Month with a look at the 2009 Star Trek film that just happens to be celebrating its 15th anniversary this, this year. It's hard to believe that nearly seven years has passed since the 2002 Star Trek Nemesis. Now, there was a concern that Star Trek was a dead intellectual property and was not worth revisiting. Star Trek Voyager had ended in 2001 with a whimper rather than a bang, and 2002's Star Trek Nemesis lost in the opening weekend to Made in Manhattan, the first time, I think, since the motion picture that the start, that a Star Trek film did not open in the top spot. Star Trek Enterprise was also showing weak ratings and was canceled in 2005. Star Trek was showing signs of fatigue. Now, the idea for a prequel film that would follow the Star Trek characters during their time in Starfleet Academy was discussed as early as 1968. The concept resurfaced in the late 80s when Harv Bennett presented the premise as a possible plotline for what would eventually become Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. This was rejected and actually sparked a letter-writing outrage in fans that the recasting of the original crew should not happen. Yet. The critical and commercial failure of Star Trek Nemesis and the cancellation of Star Trek Enterprise, well, that didn't help either. Several attempts at revamping the film or television series went through various stages. Uh, Series producer Rick Berman and screenwriter Eric Genderson wrote an unproduced film titled Star Trek The Beginning that would take place after Enterprise. That never materialized. Enter J.J. Abrams. Star Trek, directed in this case by J.J. Abrams, was written by Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. This is the 11th Star Trek film in the franchise and also is a reboot that features the main characters of the original Star Trek television series portrayed by a new cast as the first film in the rebooted film series. Now, the film follows the familiar cast that includes James T. Kirk, in this case played by Chris Pine, Spock, Zachary Quinto, and aboard the USS Enterprise as they combat Nero, Eric Bana, a Romulan from their future who threatens the United Federation of Planets. Now, the story takes place in an alternative reality, eventually known as the Kelvin Universe, that features both alternative birth locations for James T. Kirk and further alterations in history stemming from the time travel of both Nero and the original series Spock Leonard Nimoy. The alternative reality was created in an attempt to free the film and the franchise from established continuity constraints while simultaneously preserving original story elements. Now, I I saw the film in the theater back in 2009. I wasn't overwhelmed by it. It was a pretty good action film. It had some very interesting moments in it. I thought it was pretty good. And, you know, as with most new scores, Michael Giacchino's score did take a time to grow on me. 
Now, believe it or not, Star Trek was nominated for several awards, including four Academy Awards at the 82nd Academy Awards. It ultimately won for Best Makeup, making it the first, and only to date, Star Trek film to win an Academy Award. It was followed by sequels Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond in 2013 and 2016, respectively. Now, Michael Cicchino's score was one of the highlights of the film and was released in several forms, including an expanded edition on the Verez Saraband label. So that's the version we're going to be featuring today. So here's some music from Star Trek 2009 as we celebrate the 15th anniversary of the film. Back in a bit.
And with a little bit of music from the 2009 film Star Trek. It's music by Michael Giacchino. We'll get back to that in just a second. But if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will appear in about a couple of hours' time. And you can also try Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And I'm also available on other podcatchers as well, including Apple Music. Well, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As this week, we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of Star Trek 2009. Now, it's interesting that I have to keep adding the 2009 because I know that if I was to just say the 15th anniversary of Star Trek, people would be going, huh? Star Trek's a lot older than that. Anyway, in any case, the 2009 film, the J.J. Abrams, the Kelvin universe, whatever you want to call it, that's where I'm going. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting to note that, uh, and, and I mentioned this in the, in the, the, the first segment, is how I was, much in, uh, I, was, I was a huge reader of Starlog. And that's where I first heard about Harve Bennett's or, or at least Paramount's idea to recast the crew. And there was a huge letter writing campaign. In fact, they, they posted the, um, the Paramount um, address and the person to contact. And, uh, and it was just, it was nuts. I just remember the, the letters, don't recast, don't recast. And apparently it was enough to get people uh, to get them to stop because Star Trek six ended up, well, it ended up being the last of them, but it ended up recasting the, um, it, well, it ended up, it ended up not rather recasting the entire crew, but that was the concern. So like I said, jump ahead to 2009. Star Trek is a, not a, not a dead, um, franchise, but having trouble even star trek the next generation stumbled out of its um the the first couple of seasons and deep space 9 did the same thing it stumbled through those first couple of seasons to get there and like i said with with enterprise and nemesis eh, not doing so well either it was i think it was time that the um that they stepped forward and decided to get uh, Star Trek kind of back online, so to speak. So yeah, Star Trek 2009. And I, like I said, when I saw it in the theater, I was, it was very overwhelming. Uh, there was a lot of people who said it was like, it was too much, uh, too much for them to watch. Um, especially, especially old time fans. I mean, a lot of new fans would get into it and that sort of thing. But for me, it was like, it was, it was coming at you fast and furious. There was very little time to breathe. Um, the one scene would, would quickly go into another, go into another, go into another. You'd be having characters thrown at you. Um, the only real slowdown in the entire film is when um, Pine's Kirk meets Nimoy's Spock. And that was kind of a slowdown. But that was, that was, that was a great, there were some really great scenes. And it was nice to see, as they call them in the credits, Spock Prime coming back and doing the whole the whole thing. So I'm going to continue on with a little bit more music from the 2009 Star Trek as we are celebrating the 50th or 15th, 50th, 15th anniversary of Star Trek 2009 as Trek Month continues here on Visions in Sound. So here's some more music from 
Star Trek 2009. Back in a bit.
Hi, I'm Coral Andrews, host of the Afternoon Drive on 98.5 CKWR. Our 2024 fundraiser is on right now. Our station relies on the generous support of our community and donations to our station ensure that we can continue to bring you all the fantastic programming you want to hear. Visit CKWR.com to see how you can donate today. 98.5 CKWR thanks you for celebrating 50 years of real community radio. You're listening to 98.5 CKWR, Waterloo Region's adult alternative. And with a little bit of music from the 2009 Star Trek, that's music by Michael Giacchino. We'll return to that in just a moment. If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I'm on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will appear in about a couple of hours' time. And you can also try me on GoodPods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And I'm also available on many of the other podcatchers that are out there, including the likes of Apple Music. So welcome back to Visions and Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of Star Trek 2009. Now, originally, Simon Pegg did not audition for the role. He simply received an email from J.J. Abrams asking if he would like to play Scotty. Pegg said that he would have done this for free or even paid Abrams to be in the film if he had not been offered the role. The Korean-American actor John Cho was initially uncertain about being cast as the Japanese-American officer Hikaru Sulu, but George Takai, who played Sulu on Star Trek, originally encouraged him to take the role, as Sulu is a character who represents all of Asia. Now, 
It's interesting to note that in the scene where Kirk is taking the Kobayashi Maru test, he is eating an apple, which is also what he's eating while recounting his tale of taking the Kobayashi Maru test in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. According to Abrams, in the Blu-ray audio commentary, this was not intended to be a reference to Wrath of Khan. At one point, he was simply told that the lead actors seem cocky while eating apples. And now, according to Carl Urban, who does a fantastic job as Dr. McCoy, film production and shooting were ultra-secret. There is a level of security and secrecy that we've all been forced to adopt. It's really kind of paranoid crazy, just but, ju- but sort of justified. We're not allowed to, ta- to walk around in public in our costumes, and we had to be herded around everywhere in these golf carts that are completely concealed and covered in black canvas. No amount of precaution was enough, though. Simon Pegg read the script with a security guard close by, and supporting cast members like Jennifer Morrison were given scripts only with their scenes. The few people that were given access to the film to this film during its highly secretive production were Rod Roddenberry, Ronald D. Moore, Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig, Jonathan Frakes, Ben Stiller, Tom Cruise, and Steven Spielberg. The last three are kind of a strange, a strange group. Now, Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Nemesis, recorded digitally altered dialogue for many of the Romulans on Nero's ship, interestingly enough. So we're going to return to a little bit more music from Star Trek 2009 with music by Michael Giacchino as we're celebrating the 15th anniversary of said movie back in just a little bit.
Thank you.
Music from the 2009 Star Trek. That's music by Michael Giacchino. If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will show up in a few hours' time. And you can also try me on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And you can also try me on the many other podcatchers out there that also include Apple Music. Well, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As this week, we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of, of Star Trek from 2009. Now, just so you know, all this month is going to be a huge celebration of Star Trek. And this is just the just the, the, the jumping off point for this. We've got a whole bunch of other stuff coming up. So coming up in the next little while, well, next week, uh, I don't want to give too much away. But, um, well, I mean, it's going to be the 35th anniversary of Star Trek V. <laughs> what more do you want for that? The following week after that is music from the video games, the Star Trek video games. A lot of good stuff, including the um, um, the Star Trek Borg, which is a, uh, um, a Michael or a um, Dennis McCarthy score that he scored specifically for the game. Then it follows to be one of the more divisive films of the series, and that's Star Trek The Motion Picture. I've softened on it over the years. I've rewatched it a couple of times, and it, it is actually a really good film, a lot of really good cinematography, a lot of really good... I mean, the music... The, the, Jerry Goldsmith's score to the 1979 film, uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, is absolutely incredible, and I am so glad that I was able to get a three-disc set of of the, of the Star Trek music, uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, because it is amazing, absolutely amazing. And if you do not have it, I do believe there is a two-disc available on the La La Land website. Oh, by the way, a special um, release that just happened today, a limited release of 5,000, um, they just released Top Gun, the full score, Harold Faltermeyer, including the songs as well. So this is a huge deal. This has been going on since about 2016 that they've been trying to get this particular score out. And it's finally, finally available. And it'll be being shipped, I believe, on the 11th. So that'll be its first. So this is a, this is a premiere. This is the premiere score for Top Gun, the original 86 Top Gun. This is, this is, a, this to me, this is a huge deal. When I hear about stuff like this and, and this being released, this to me is a big, 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 big deal. Um, I, I don't often get excited about too many releases, but yeah, a big deal coming up. Also, during this month, there are going to be some surprises. I don't want to give too much away. There might be an interview or two that I might be doing with special guests 
Um, also, special speaking of special guests, uh, Jason Drury and Robbie Sims will be making their appearances on the show, respectively. Robbie Sims is dropping in next week, and I believe also for Star Trek The Motion Picture, and maybe for Star Trek Three, which is going to be at the end of the month, which I have not mentioned yet. Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary of Star Trek Three which is actually the main reason why I did I originally did Star Trek month in the first place. Star Trek 3 has a very is a very interesting in my opinion very interesting film and it is the kind of a forgotten classic. There are some really good performances in this film from uh Commander Kruge. Um the the uh the whole film is just a really good film and it often gets forgotten as kind of the yeah it's the one where it's the one between the between the good one star trek 2 and the one with the whales star trek 4 so yeah there's all of that coming up also and i think i'm gonna let this this uh this slip out for the very first time i have been invited down to toronto comic-con for a special panel and this will be on the 15th of march it'll be the 15th of this month at 12 15 at toronto comic-con and i will be doing a 70th anniversary celebration of godzilla and that's the original uh, 1954 film as well as several of the other films that have taken place over the years this is the first time announcing uh, first time i'm announcing this so this to me is a big deal and for those that are listening on the repeat, yeah, sorry, you kind of missed it <laughs> in any case. So, in uh, yeah, this will be the 15th of March, 2024. And uh, yeah, have a, uh, I'm going to have a blast at this because this is kind of the first. Uh, I did a, a couple of panels at uh, Tricon just this past, uh, past uh, er, or the er, earlier this year, and I kind of caught the bug. So I've been doing, I've been thinking, I, I, first of all, I didn't think I was going to get it because I, I applied for it and it was like, oh, I haven't heard from them. So I figured I probably won't hear from them. Well, okay. Then I hear from them and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm doing a panel down in Toronto. So yeah, I'll be down in Toronto. You'll be able to find me at Toronto Comic Con at, uh, on the 15th and the 16th. I'll be down there as well. Uh, uh, covering, well, I'll be covering at least the, uh, the 70th anniversary of, of Godzilla. And like I said, this is the first time I have mentioned this. And this is, like I said, this is a pretty big deal for me. And hopefully that if you are in the area or if you are, you know, happening to be happening to be an, in Toronto at the convention center, hey, come on by, say hi. I'd love to get a chance to speak to you. So with that in mind, and I'm going to continue on with some more music from Star Trek 2009 in just a bit but like i said if you're interested in any of the film television or video game music that i do play here on the show by all means you can find me of course at star at uh, visions in sound at gmail.com you can also find me online at facebook.com slash visions and sound i am on the twitter at visions sound you can also try me on my website visions in sound.ca and you can find many 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 of my old shows on that on the website including you'll also find um madam ravencroft's show is also there so she has an archive on my website as well so there's that the dark side website or the dark side section of the of the website i believe she calls it the vis vault which i think is great in any case i think that's a great name 
In any case, like I said, I'm going to continue on with some more music from Michael Giacchino's score to the the fantastic movie uh, Star Trek 2009 with with his his score following. So here is music from continuing on uh, with more music from Star Trek 2009. Like I said, music with Michael Giacchino. So back in just a little bit.
and with a little bit of music from the 2009 film Star Trek. That's music by Michael Giacchino. We'll return to a little bit more music uh, from the, the film in just a second. But if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will show up in probably about a couple of hours' time. And you can also try me on GoodPods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And you can also find me on many of the other podcatchers out there, including Apple Music. So check me out there. So welcome back to Visions and Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of Star Trek 2009. Now, Michael Cicchino, Abrams' most frequent collaborator composed the music for Star Trek, of course. Because if you haven't uh, been listening, that's what the music's have been playing today. He kept the original theme by Alexander Courage for the end credits, which Abrams said symbolized the momentum of the crew coming together. Giacchino admitted in, uh, personal pressure in scoring the film as, quote, I grew up listening to all of that great Trek music, and that's part of what inspired me to do what I'm doing. You just go in scared. You just hope you do your best. It's one of those things where the film will tell me what to do. Now, scoring took place at the Sony scoring stage with a 107-piece orchestra and a 40-person choir. An Eru, performed by Karen Hahn, was used for the Vulcan themes. And a distorted recording was used for the Romulans. So I'm going to continue on with some more music from the 2009 film Star Trek as we are celebrating its 15th anniversary during our Trek month here on the show. So we'll be back to, well, basically wrap things up in a little bit. Here's some more music.
Well, that's all for me this week. Uh, Thanks for hanging in, those that did. So as we continue into 2024, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anybody tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me that includes my family, my friends, and especially Robbie Sims and my girlfriend Tamara Ravencroft. Thank you very much. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts. Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1-844-HERE-247, and here247.ca offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me next week as we continue celebrating Tech Trek Month with a look at the at Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, as it is celebrating its 35th anniversary. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from Star Trek 2009, and I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound.